Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Across the Cemetery. My name's Josh. And my name's Emma. And this week Emma is going to be talking us through a subject that you probably have heard of. But Emma's take is going to be unique and you'll never hear it anywhere else. So make sure you listen to every single second. Bigging me up like that, it's not probably, probably not going to be that good. <laughs> you, you need to blow all of our socks off now. Go. Okay, so I'm going to be talking about Lila Rona. Have you ever heard of Lila Rona? Yes, because we have to, if you can hear a bell in the background, it's Loki. He's just having a little scratch. Yes, I have heard of Lila Rona. Um, partly because we watched the film about it the other day, which you'll hear about in the Sunday Scaries <laughs> episode this week. <laughs> but other than that, outside of that, I actually had. Yeah, yeah. It's because it's quite a known phenomenon, but I don't think pe- many people know the in-depth details i think each i think like each person has a different interpretation of the story as well like each story is different yeah it's sort of a bit of like a folklore tale isn't yeah, it it's, it's yeah. just been passed down and then a bit added a bit taken away and so forth and so yeah, on yeah so it's forth. like when you're adding to, adding to stories to make them funnier or make them scarier when you're like around a campfire yeah If you could hear a, a really pathetic little weep in the background there, it wasn't La Llorona, it was Loki. He wants to cuddle off his mum, he's so clingy to his mum lately. I've told him La Llorona stories, you see. <laughs> okay, so La Llorona, which translates to the weeping woman, is a Latin American folklore tale that has been passed down through generations and it differs across different regions. The legend differs slightly depending on who is telling the tale, but the main gist of the story is that in the heart of Mexico, there lived a beautiful young woman named Maria. She was known for her captivating beauty and grace and her dark flowing hair that cascaded down her back. Maria was the epitome of happiness and joy, but her life took a tragic turn when she fell in love with a rich and handsome man. The handsome man was charmed by Maria's beauty and they soon began a passionate affair which led to marriage and to two children. However, as time passed, the the man lost interest and he grew tired of Maria. He was never home and when he was home, he paid little attention to Maria and gave all his attention to the children. Maria then saw her beloved with another woman and this is where her heart shattered into a million pieces. Consumed by anger, grief and intense jealousy, she found herself unable to bear the pain. That night, in a fit of sorrow and anger, Maria decided to inflict the same agony towards her husband that he bestowed upon her. Maria woke up her two boys up, took their hands and guided them to the river for a bath. Hand in hand, the three figures immersed themselves into the water, but under their mother's hand, the children never came up for air. After the blood red, glare of fairy faded from sight Maria realised what she had done she desperately searched for her children in the river but it was too late the river had swallowed them and they were gone forever she shrieked from the gallows of her soul me ninos which translates to my children before letting the river water fill up her lungs sometimes she can be heard but her wails are so hopeless and so daunting that they are mistaken for cries of a lost child or an endangered child but her cry lures unsuspected victims into her waiting arms and she is often seen at night dressed all in white with long black hair falling over her face 
Maria is denied from heaven and banned in purgatory for being without her children. Maria haunts our mortal realm, which is a divine punishment for the lives of her children that she took. Her spirit is trapped for eternity and it now roams the earth crying and searching desperately for her lost children. It was said that if Lila Rona found children alone near the riverbanks, she would snatch them away and she's replaying her sins over and over again. Other tellings of her story say that she attacks cheating husbands rather than stealing children, but regardless, when you hear her cries, the sentiment remains the same. You need to run. So, who exactly is Lila Rona? The story. What? Maria. <laughs> you just said. Okay. The story varies a little bit, depends on who tells it, and it is alleged, and it is alleged that no two, two people will ever see Lila Rona in the same way. So that's like when someone has like a dream, isn't it? Like no one dreams the same dream. Or saying like you could be Batman because I've never seen you and Batman in the same room. Yeah, I'm not Lila Rona. I said you're Batman. <laughs> Massive difference. I mean, but like she appears different to everyone. Yeah, and that leads me to a, a stream of thinking, stream, no pun intended. <laughs> but I'll leave that towards the end after you've you've told your tales. Okay. No one knows where the legend of Lila Rona began or where it originated. Though the, the tale varies from source to source, the common thread is that she is a spirit of a doomed mother who drowned her children and spends eternity searching for them in rivers and lakes. The essence of the story is to essentially scare children into being good and to staying away from dangerous water. There have been similar stories throughout history. The legend of Lila Rona resembles the ancient Greek tale of the demonic demigoddess Lamia and Hera, which, who was Zeus's wife. Lamia was a beautiful mistress of the Greek god Zeus, and upon learning this, Zeus's wife, Hera, robbed Lamia of her children which were the offspring of her affair with Zeus, either by kidnapping or killing them. And the loss of the children drew Lamia insane, and in vengeance and despair, Lamia snatched up any children that she could find, and she devoured them. So she ate them. <laughs> That's what that means. <laughs> <laughs> because of her cruel acts, her physical appearance changed to become ugly and monstrous. So we don't know if Hera cursed her or we don't know if she turned bad because she got she turned crazy and started eating kids we don't know if her appearance changed because of that right okay it's like it's like a folklore as well i'm getting that yeah <laughs> um but because because she because zeus felt sorry for her he gave her the gift of prophecy and sight well, Hold on, so she's eating children and cheating on fellas and then she Zeus was sorry for her. No, Zeus was married to Hera or Hera, and Lamia was the mistress. So Hera robbed her children and killed them. So okay. Lamia went crazy and ate children. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Zeus felt sorry that she'd gone crazy because of his wife, and she and he gave her the gift of prophecy and sight. However, she was cursed to never be able to shut her eyes, so she would forever be obsessed over her dead children. So she couldn't sleep or anything. So it was like a sort of, you have this gift, but the gift comes at a price. Yeah. So taking pity on her again, Zeus gave her the ability to take her eyes out and put take her eyes out and then out of her sockets. 
I reckon Zeus is just paying her off because it was his mistress. <laughs> so you can have these little things on the side, just don't tell anyone, right? <laughs> so she's a, that was similar to them. And then a more recent story that I found in 1986 in the Buffalo Bayou surrounding the Santo Otorio region. A murder took place that scared people to their core. After years of suffering abuse at the hands of her husband, Juan Marie refused to deal with the abuse any longer. And one morning she brought her seven children down to the dark, murky waters of, Buff- of Buffalo Bayou and attempted to drown them. She threw six of her seven children into the river. Two of her children, Joanne and Judas Dimas, did not make it. The rest were saved by rescuers who were called to the scene. As can be expected, Joanne Maria protested her innocence by claiming that she had no choice and her husband was violently aggressive to her and her children and they all needed to get away. The court ruled that Joanne Maria would receive 10 years of probation because of the deaths of her children and the attempt to drown her other children. But there is one thing that struck the police officers as strange. When they asked Joanne Marie why she had committed such a terrible crime, she claimed she claimed it was to escape her husband, but she also claimed that it was one other reason. And that reason was that she was Lila Runa herself. It sounds like Joanne Marie should be locked in a, in a very strong held room. But her middle name's Marie, and Lila Runa's Maria. I see where you're going. But at the same time, if she thought she was a liar owner herself, following the tale, she didn't have seven children. She only had two. How many children did you say that? Sorry, three. Two. Shit, she might be. Yes, see two dads. She might be. Can she take her eyes out? No, that's not Lila <laughs> Runa. <laughs> so you've you went from folklore, from Zeus, which is... Greek mythology. It, Greek mythology, through to 1986. Mm-hmm. Where in the time scale... Is there any like earlier interpretations of Lila Runa? I can't find any like solid, concrete evidence of Lila Runa. Before 1986? No. But how did she say she was Lila Runa when... She was apparently what what we're thinking that the the character might be based off. So, Joanne Marie mm-hmm. said she was Lyrona, but you've just said there's no concrete evidence before 1986 of Lyrona. Yeah, so it's just passed down through folklore, isn't it? You can't see that. We're only fucking twelve minutes in. <laughs> That's, that, that was my fucking comeback at the end as well. <laughs> I'm assuming you've got more to fucking tell me. I hope you have. I've got some. I've got some stories. Okay. So I thought. Try to convince us. So I thought I'd read a few stories from a book that I found called *Lila Rona: Encounters with the Weeping Woman* by Judith Beatty. And if you would like to hear more about people's encounters with Lila Rona, you can hear this on our episode of Sunday Scaries. Okay. So this one is by Julian Grace, and he is from Santa Fe. This is right, Julian. And this is from the book that I've just mentioned. It's called Los Dientas. On a warm spring evening in 1945, this was after the war was over, my father, Augustine Grace, and his brother, Paul, were walking down Romero Street in Santa Fe, near the railway road tracks where it meets Manhattan. It was about 11 o'clock p.m., and they were returning home from the pool hall at the recreation pub 
The recreation pub was on the plaza and there was a motel upstairs for the tourists. They had just passed the last house and were almost ready to cross the tracks when my father saw something bright out of the corner of his eye. He turned and saw a ball of fire rolling in their direction. He shouted with surprise and when Uncle Paul looked up to see what was happening, the ball of fire turned into a bundle wrapped in a patchwork quilt. It stopped dead 20 feet from them and just sat there. Then they heard the sound of a child crying from the bundle. They ran over to it and opened it up. There was this baby about six months old with a terrible gruesome face and big fangs. It opened its mouth to cry but instead it smiled at them and said, Miara, Daddy, Tengo, Dientes, look Daddy, I have teeth. They ran towards West Manhattan where my dad lived. When I heard the story, I accused my dad of being drunk, but he wasn't. In fact, he was a man who never lied to anyone. My uncle Paul developed a white patch on his hair after that experience. Later, all of his hair turned snow white. To this day, they swear it was the child of Lila Rona. For many years after that, I've had recurring dreams about it. In fact, they were nightmares. I'd wake up in a cold sweat. In those days, there was a place called the Home Bakery on the corner of Romero and Agua Fara. Whenever there was some extra change, my dad would talk about getting me some cream puffs or donuts from there. I knew they would send me to pick them up and that I would have to pass by the spot where Lila Rona's baby had been seen in order to get to the bakery. There were eight of us and I was the eldest of the boys and I was supposed to be the bravest. The fact is, I would come up with any excuse I could think of to avoid having to go there. And when I couldn't get out of it, I'd run as fast as I could by the spot. Nothing ever happened to me, but it was many years before the fa- the bad dreams finally stopped. So, what do you think about that? Do you think it is a child of Lila Runa? If it was, why was there only one? Because the story goes there was two children. At six months, you can't speak anyway. Listen, a child appearing out of nowhere in a fucking blanket is it, it, the <laughs> fact it spoke is not the, the most of my worries. It, the fact it appeared out of thin air in a blanket with fangs, that's a concern. But why is there only one? Do you reckon, if you were drunk, you wouldn't see that. Like, you wouldn't imagine that when you were drunk. No, but then I, no, I was thinking like, you know, maybe he was drunk and then he had like a lucid dream or something. But you, can, you can't create a man, like a face. Yeah. In your dreams, you every face you see in your dreams, you've seen in real yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Which I have heard somewhere, I believe it to be true, but whether it is or not, I don't know. But anyway, of course, he couldn't have seen that face before because who's seen a six-month child with teeth? With teeth that and, can speak. Yeah, and um, his his uncle, his hair went white. Well, he got a patch of white. The fact that and it that's... went white, he probably just went white with old age. Yeah, and then blames it on that. Like, <laughs> oh no, the stressful experience. Ah. Okay, so I've got another few stories for you from the same book. Okay. So this is called Lila Rona and the Experiments. So this is by Jerry Greenman and he's from Indio in California. I grew up on the Trincier Ranch in Costello Country, Colorado. This was a working ranch consisting of tens of thousands of acres owned by the Sims family. My dad was a general manager there for 20 years. 
It was a total paradise when we were kids. All the children of ranch hands could roam and play to our heart's content. One night when I was about 12, a group of us were sitting in a circle around the fireplace at the Pacio's house. The only adults that were there were Reuben and Willie, who were ranch hands. Conversation turned to scary stories about spirits, including the spooky Lila Rona. You know the way it is with kids, the scarier the story the better. So we were all ears when Reuben and Willie both lowered their voices to just above a whisper and told us that the best place to see her was down at the big sheep barn, which was south of the ranch headquarters. This was the first that we'd heard that Lila Rona was actually haunting the Trientia ranch, but it wasn't that much of a surprise because there were stories of her all over southern Colorado about various sightings of her. You could see we were a little jaded at this point and some of us were pretty sceptical, but our curiosity overcame us and we begged Reuben and Willie to take us there. Willie said he couldn't go now because he had some evening chores to do. It was summer and pretty late because it was dark outside when Reuben agreed to finally take us. So out the door our group went. There were about 10 of us plus Reuben into the night and down the trail to the sheep barn with Reuben and his flashlight in the lead. The barn was a huge building and there were no lights on inside. We stumbled around in the dark behind Reuben and as he pulled open the loud creaky wooden door and took us inside, it was dead quiet in there except for the rustling of the sheep moving around in the straw. Reuben lit a lantern which cast a yellow dim glow all over us and our shadows loomed like huge spectres against the walls behind us. Reuben instructed us to get on our knees and form a circle. Once we managed to do this, he stepped into the middle and said, Okay, you kids need to repeat this prayer after me. We will pray for the spirits to bring Lila Rona into the building. Being that we were all churchgoers, we knew how to pray and we were all very respectful. So we closed our eyes and repeated the prayer over and over, which was in Spanish. It was just a short sentence like, O spirits of the Araras and river, please bring Lila Rona to us. We really put our heart and soul into this prayer because Reuben had warned us that we had to be very sincere or it wouldn't work. After a couple of minutes, we heard chains being banged against the building from outside. One of the children, Michael, who was only seven or eight, yelled really loud, It's the experiment, Reuben said. Quiet, you guys. You'll make Lila Rona mad. Pretty soon, at the other end of the darkened barn, we heard the creaking of the door. We had come through earlier and a loud banging of metal against metal and the horrible wailing and crying. One of us had to grab Michael and another kid as they tried to bolt. As we appeared through the very dim light towards the door, all ten of us screamed like fools when we saw what appeared to be a woman in a white cloak with a hood enter the barn, weeping louder and louder, followed by terrible piercing screams. Reuben said, Stay put, you kids need to pray harder. At that point, no one was listening to Reuben. We were were scared out of our minds, which made much, much worse, with little Michael shouting at the top of his lungs.
Lila Rona, it's the experiments. None of us had any idea what the experiments were, but it didn't matter to anyone because we were all going to die anyway. The moment that Michael said that, Lila Rona lunged at our little group. We were still on our knees in the circle and some of us tried to scramble away, but it was too late. Fortunately, one very brave kid grabbed Lila Rona's feet and even in the dim light, we all recognised Willie's cowboy boots with their distinctive tooled leather design up the side. As Willie threw off the sheet and he and Reuben rolled around on the floor laughing, the rest of us stood around still shaking. <laughs> I've just shown Emma the post-it note. I'm writing notes on it as she's talking through a thing. And the first, the, the only thing I wrote, which was midway through Emma speaking or telling us the story, is other ranch hand question mark. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I, I mean, it, I'm guessing this book's just full of short stories. Yeah, yeah, but it's of real accounting and real, real encounting encounters. Right. I think that could have went. That could be like a, a bit longer. That story could have a bit more, a few more details to it. It would embellish it and sort of make it a bit more believable and maybe hide the the truth a bit more if yeah. you sort of layered it and then you wouldn't be thinking, oh, the other ranch hand, where's he gone? Night chores in the dark. Mm, yeah, um, he is on a ranch, and then you start. Going, that, that's where my investigative mind went. But where? Why would you do night chores? But then again, it's summer. I don't know what you do on a ranch. I don't know if you need to. It might be tent. You need to tend to animals. But I don't then know. it could also be that Lila Rona would maybe go to them places, or skinwalkers might go to those type of places. I know this was Willie, but a ranch. You're throwing very strong allegations out that Lali Rona might be a skinwalker. <laughs> very strong allegations. Oops. You, you're turning the cryptid world upside down here. <laughs> People are now outside with pitchforks and fire. Let them in. Nah, look, you get them. <laughs> look, you wouldn't get them. Right, Fifi would get them. Fifi would get them. Okay, so I've got another story. This one's a little bit longer, and this one was my favourite out of the, the book. So, proceed. It's called The Dentist. We had a theme about teeth before as well. Miss Martinez is ready for you, Doctor. She's a new patient and she's concerned about some dark spots on her teeth. Oh, great. Dr. Pace chuckled gleefully. I need some money for my vacation coming up. It's not about how you make it, it's about how much you make, he liked to tell his colleagues. He followed Joyce, his assistant, to the operatory room where Miss Martinez lay in in wait in the dentist's chair. Is there anything that can be done about these horrible spots, asked Miss Martinez. Her enchanting perfume and warm brown eyes set in a small pretty face almost distracted Dr Pace from his goal. She lay in the chair, so trusting, so vulnerable, so easy, he thought. He grunted and tissed, tissed a couple of times during the exam. I'm sorry, miss, but all your teeth will have to come out. She gasped. Isn't there something else you could do? No, and it needs to be done right away or you'll destroy all your jawbone. Her face twisted into a mix of horror and pitifulness. I beg you, her voice trailed off. Make up your mind, Martinez. I'm very busy. He noticed their hesitation. Go see someone else if you want, but the facts won't change. It has to be done as soon as possible. 
She wept. He took that to mean yes. So he said, get the extraction set up, Joyce. Joyce left the operating room and signalled to Dr Pace to follow. When they reached the sterilisation area, she spun round and said, you're disgusting, those teeth don't need to come out, you're just doing it for the money. Hey, eventually everyone's teeth fall out, I'm just saving her the hassle, said Dr Pace. I've looked the other way too long and I'm tired of your filth rubbing off on me and it keeps me awake at night, said Joyce. Just quit then, I don't need you, replied Dr Pace. That's what I'm going to do, but first I'm going to go into that operating room and tell that young woman that you're a crook and to run, and then I'm going to the dental board. You'll do no such thing, he snarled. You'll get worse if you say anything to that girl. I can make sure your work reputation is ruined if you make trouble. Joyce grabbed her purse and left, slamming the door. Who needs that bitch, he mumbled. He returned to the operating room and he extracted the young woman's teeth. She left, clutching blood-soaked gauze against her gums to slow the bleeding and she was weeping the whole time. Dr Pace eventually made a quick and cheap set of teeth for Miss Martinez, but then he forgot about her. A few months later, on a stark winter evening, Dr Pace made the daily deposit at his bank and then he drove his Jaguar home. When he reached the doorway, he saw someone on his front porch waiting just out the light. A biting wind cut through his coat as he approached his large front door. He shivered and tightly grasped a small can of mace in his overcoat pocket, cautiously stepping into the small cone of light on the porch. He peered into the shadow. What do you want? A woman in a black hooded coat stepped out, her face hidden. Just to thank you. At first he didn't recognise her, then he stepped back and tightened his grip on the mace. When he realised she was the young woman he pulled the teeth out of a few months earlier, she said, thank you for all you've done for me, I really like my new teeth. She smiled broadly and pretty white teeth reflected the dim light. He studied them closely. They were much better than the ones he made for her, yet they looked vaguely similar. Where did you get them? Why from you, silly, don't you remember? She brushed past him as if she was floating. That icy cold air again pricked his cheek. When she reached the end of the walkway, he heard a deep, delicious laugh, and then she disappeared into the dark. The sound of the laugh unnerved him, and it caused him to spray the mace in his pocket. He fumbled again with his keys, trying to get away from the choking mist. As he opened the door, he became aware of something dripping off his chin. A bright droplet scattered on the snow-white entry tile, then another, and then another, and it quickly turned into rain of blood. He ran to the bathroom, holding his mouth, trying to stem the flow, but the blood rushed through his fingers. Oh God, no! He screamed when he reached the bathroom mirror. Rags holes in his gums marked the places where his teeth used to be. He couldn't stop bleeding no matter how hard he pressed on the gum sockets. The police found him the next day with dental forceps in his hand and all 32 of his teeth above his head in a semicircle spelling out a single word. L-L-O-R-O-N-A 
at a loss to explain what was he was looking for, the, the coroner decided to list the cause of death as suicide, and that is by Hunter Mortley from Albuquerque, New Mexico. What do you What do you think? Do you think it's real? No. <laughs> I, that's nothing to do with kids. But it doesn't have to be. He could be a cheating husband. But he wasn't for all. For all we for know, all he might have know. been. He might have been, but for all we know, he wasn't. Mm, I liked it. I thought it was creepy. It was. Yeah, it was creepy. But mm, I don't know. I don't know. Well, not not, not a plan. that one. No, the the concept as a whole, I think, has a place and potentially some depth, but I don't think it's real. Lila Rona or that story? Lila Rona. Do you not think Lila Rona's not real? No. So, I don't think it's real because, and I think the book that you read from is proof of it, the stories are just all different. It's sort of an interpretation. It's it's a folklore scare tale. Yeah. It, it's do right by people, be good to your kids, kids be good for your parents, that type of thing. Yeah. Or else this scary lady's going to come get you. Yeah, we, we, we've had stuff similar when we were younger, like not as much, but like, you know, if you were crying in the shop or something and they're like, oh, the man's going to come get you. Yeah. The man's everywhere. The man's everywhere. I, when I worked in a shop, I used to be the woman. They used to be like, oh, the woman's looking at you. And I used to hate that. I'm going to have a tangent. So when I went to a bar, not a bar, but when I went to match of the day and got a pint, I told you about this. I got ID, <laughs> which I thought was a fantastic compliment because I am not. You got cards. <laughs> I am not 18. <laughs> but I got ID and then two days later on... Tuesday, I went to the garage and I got Chris's car. Oh, yeah. And it's... I got called Sir. Oh, it's because you had a nice car. Maybe. <laughs> so, even in the space of like two days, I've been ID'd and called Sir. So, I'm at a bit of a crossroads at life now because I don't know how old I am. He's 30 in February. <laughs> Lila Ren is definitely not going to take you. <laughs> we might be able to become a dentist and take some, some woman's teeth out. <laughs> so... I don't think Lila Rona's real either. So why were you so shocked when I said it? Because I thought you'd think she was real. No, I like the idea. And I like that they've given it a character. Like She's got a backstory. Yeah, there's a there's a backstory that's somewhat true. But the fact that you've told me the folklore, that there's a similar story in... Sorry, not folklore, the Greek mythology. Yeah. I can see where it came from. Well, it's similar to like Banshees and stuff as well, isn't it? Like They cry when there's death about... I think they're real, though. I think they're real. <laughs> I like how goosebumps talking about them then. <laughs> I love a banshee story. Look at them goosebumps. <laughs> we actually haven't covered them, have we? No. I'm too scared to do it. You'd have to do it. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so, because I can see where the Greek mythology and like, the basis of it comes from. Yeah. And then there's many interpretations and then you mentioned the story about Joanne Marie. Yeah. Who then said she was Lyrona. I don't think she was Lyrona. I think she was mentally ill. I think after years of that abuse, then she probably is. But then, well, like we said before, Lila Rona translates to the weeping woman. She might have just been saying she's a weeping woman. She was abused. Potentially, but if it gets to that point, maybe she should just say she's being abused and, and you know, instead of trying to hurt children. Maybe she should have just killed her husband instead of killing her children. Maybe she should have. <laughs> I would have. 
okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so that that's my theory on it, really. I don't think it's real. Side note, when we were watching Mayans the other day, someone called one of the women crying on Lila, Lila Rayla, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, it, in, a, in a piss-taken manner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that was... Yeah, true. <laughs> I also don't think it's real because it differs between region, and that is the common trait of folklore. Yeah. Whereas, and I've never thought I'd make this comparison, Krampus. Oh, God. <laughs> but in the different parts of that, it, like Northern Europe, mm-hmm. Krampus is different depending on where you look at it from. Yeah, that's the same with like Lila Rona. Exactly, and it's folklore. Krampus might be real. We need to have a talk after this. <laughs> I Is don't... Brother Santa, right? <laughs> I think Santa's real. Well, I don't. But I think that Lila Rona Maria probably was real. She probably... Joanne Marie. No, the, the real the one. Real... Like, the original one. The OG one. <laughs> OG Lila Rona. <laughs> OG Lila Rona. I think Marie, like the first lady who had the two kids and took them for a bath. But also that changes because in some stories, she, she has t- a boy and a girl. And I know we're going to talk about the film, but the film the film that we watched the other day has a different story as well. Mm. It's, it's all cemented to, to, to my theory that it's not real. But then in the Conjuring film, the Lila Runa one, there was a boy and a girl. I don't really take whatever's in the Conjuring films as verbatim, unfortunately. <gasps> I love the Conjuring film. I don't. Do you know I don't really like horror films? No. At I, all? I, I didn't know. That this is a separate topic, but anyway, <laughs> you can just stop listening now if you want. <laughs> bringing it back, I, I could go off on many tangents on many different things, but bringing it back to La Llorona, I don't think it's real. I think it's got a place and the stories could be good, but they are fictional. Yeah, I think it's interesting that they like, even though it, it differs from different Latin country is mm. do you, it's all still like there like she's still like the main one that they use for oh no you can't go near the water Lila Verna's gonna get you don't you think they're a bit like over the top because basically the, the, the moral is like children behave or Lila Verna's gonna get you don't go near that or you're gonna get taken don't yeah, do this yeah. don't do that be good etc yeah but don't you think they're a bit over the top like instead of just saying you know like we say the man or the woman yeah or the person is going to come and get you. Yeah. yeah, they've went right into it. They've Back made up this, this, this fucking Greek mythology based <laughs> haunting. They, this figure of absolute fear. I think that Marie, the lady, is real. Maria. Maria. I think Maria is real, and I think that the lady Joanne Marie was just not well. So do you think the name Maria, although it is quite a common name, I'd say for that part of the world and even here yeah but you think that that was like a sort of there was a case where that something something like that happened and they people have just used that case that yeah. it's crept its way into folklore so say it was like national news somewhere in mexico and spain where yeah, it might like be years and years ago yeah but it's crept its way into the folklore yeah and then people have just started being like oh you yeah. don't want to end up like maria's kids so then they've attributed yeah. the greek mythology to the real life case yeah. of whatever might have happened and then they came up with this Lyrona character. Yeah. And Lyrona in itself is a bait is it is a, a phrase that doesn't really attribute to anything other than 
a weeping woman. Yeah. So it's quite broad in general. Yeah. So. I think I think so because it it's only for kids really. Although it does say cheating husbands, but that was only a few stories. But you don't it. generally see that in the in the portrayals, yeah. yeah, that are made generally films. You don't. I think it's more scary when it's kids. Yeah. I think people fear it. it it's more. Kids. It hits more so, at home when it's kids. So say it? if you've seen a film about a, a woman who's going around seeking vengeance for husbands that are cheating on their wives, you probably wouldn't care. No, that it'd be happens. like fine. That yeah, good. Like every you'd be cheering her on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd you be, would. It'd be, it'd be more of an action film than a horror film because it wouldn't be scary. It'd be like the equalizer, but for women. <laughs> yeah, for abused wives. But if a child's getting taken well, in it, mysterious yeah. circumstances, yeah, because when children get taken, everyone just fucks. Everyone's like, "Oh my god, the poor kids, aren't they?" Mm. Not oh, the poor woman. They probably think when. When a woman's cheated on the puppy, like, oh, she probably stopped doing something. She probably deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take domestic advice from us. <laughs> We're apparently not very good at it. Don't tell your kids to lie alone is real. She isn't. <laughs> There's no more to say on the topic of something. Should we, should we finish it there? Yeah, lie alone isn't real. But then... I'd still be scared of it if I was in, like, Mexico or something. But we still enjoy the stories. We still like stories like that. Yeah. And Josh is going to cover Banshees one day. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> thank you. So thank you very much for listening. If you want to reach out to us on social media, we're on Instagram at Across the Cemetery and TikTok and Twitter at AX the Cemetery. You can also send us an email as well if you would like to. We are across the cemetery at gmail.com. And... If you would like to leave us a review to let us know what you think of the podcast on whatever platform you listen to, that would be very beneficial for the podcast because it helps the podcast grow. But it would also be nice to hear what you think of us. And aside from that, we do implement your changes like Bitchy Karen from America. I don't even think her real name was Karen, you know. <laughs> okay, we'll have christened the Karen. <laughs> so she is now Karen. She's what a bitch. We've got a new mic. But no, we've got two new mics, bitch. I'm trying to speak without a lisp. <laughs> it's not going well. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that was part of the comment. I think you just added that in. No, she said I lo- sounded like I had marshmallows stuck in my mouth. <laughs> Why are you <laughs> laughing at that? <laughs> what a bitch. <laughs> so, please leave us a review. We won't call you a bitch. <laughs> You might you, do. If you, if you leave us a horrible one, we will. Or you might make the podcast better. You know, it's a roll of the dice. See what you get. Thanks for, <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.